0: Hey y'all, welcome back to Seattle Lights in the South and thank you for joining us on this Thursday. See, last week we talked about growing up in the Pacific Northwest, how we like to get hyphy and go dumb and all of those things. A little bit of our Caucasian tendencies, you know. But you know, this week we're going back a little serious. We were talking all things white people in the Pacific Northwest versus white people in the South. Right. So if you like content like this, podcasts like these where, you know, it's hella black, hella hyphy, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Give us a five star review. And without further ado, let's get into this pre-funk.
1: All right, guys, you know what it is. Before we get into it, we have to have a little bit of fun with the pre-funk.
0: Hey. So, uh,
1: there was <laughs> a lot of commotion. <laughs> wow.
0: Wasn't a commotion? I, uh.
1: <laughs> and you could you could pop into this, but I'ma just lay the background story. So the background was, you know, I am seeing Kirk Franklin twin trending on Twitter. So I'm like, dang, maybe he came with some new music. For any of y'all who are (laughs) millennials who grew up in a Black church, y'all are familiar with Kurt.
0: Do you want a revolution?
1: (laughs) He he was the inventor, perfecter of of trap gospel. So so whenever there was a function or whatever, kirk franklin music was definitely gonna make an appearance so we see kirk franklin trending on twitter and i'm like what is going on come to find out he cussed his son smooth the fuck out and i don't even know why all you hear is you know his son talking about not for real, not for real. Then hear Kurt talking. No, you a bitch ass nigga. I'm a whoop your ass. You a stupid motherfucker. All this stuff, and he's not he's not holding back. So these were the details that I uncovered about this conversation. When we heard that he's talking to his son, I'm thinking this is a younger son. This son is 33 years old. So I'm like, okay. So we have two adults having this conversation. Secondly why is it that this happened months ago and it's just now surfaced into the interwebs like why did the sun feel the need to do this and just purposefully like go because we know cancel culture right people see something wrong one time two times or whatever after a while no they're canceled they're dead we're not going to listen to them we're not going to stream them we're not going to buy their merchandise whatever that didn't really work out in the son's favor because I feel like the son was really trying to get back at his dad for whatever reason. I don't know the causes of the conversation. I don't even know why they were beefing hella hard. But I'm just like, this leads us to say, one, you know, I saw a lot of things on my timeline saying, well, my mama cussed me out. My daddy cussed me out all the time. I'm like, that doesn't make it okay. Mm. Like. That's that's not what we're saying here. And also, we're not saying to be disrespectful to your parents either. Like that's not what I'm condoning. I'm saying if you have an adult child and an adult son, speak to each other, right? Both of y'all, speak to each other in a way that you can resolve the issue and still be kind and productive and get it done. And if y'all are having problems within your household, Young man, why is it on the interwebs? Why did you feel the need to post what was happening in your own home on the internet months after the altercation between you and your father happened? Like, I just don't see why that was necessary, why it was productive and you look I feel like you were ready for that you were really poking the bear because you had your recorder ready if you were just on the phone how you have your other device ready to record if you didn't know you about to start some stuff do you want a revolution obviously he did so I was just like, why would you do that like I wasn't this is was my I don't, and you could chime in I didn't grow up in a household where my parents cussed me out neither one of my parents to this day talk to me any kind of way like and I can't say that the same for all black people especially the ones who were a product of unhealed households right these parents who had this generational trauma who they themselves still don't even deal with because they don't want to acknowledge that it's there they just go to church or cook meals for days or you know just don't talk about it or you know oh that's just how it goes that's just what we have to deal with as a man or that's what we deal with as a woman there are so many levels to this especially how saddening it is to see so many people on my timeline say that well it happened to me I don't see the big deal if your daddy cussed you out da, 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 da. no that's not okay especially as adults why can't y'all have a regular conversation
0: <laughs> well, I have, a, uh, a, I would say, a very different view of this. Um, I was slightly triggered. I'm not going to lie. Um, I, I have been raised in a very toxic Black household. So for me, it's like, one, we don't have the complete picture. And even though he did put this out one-sided, it's like, I don't care what went down or how old your child is, for you to come out your mouth and talk about a child that you've created in the way that you have talked about them is inappropriate. Mm -hmm. And you need some help because that's not normal nor acceptable. I don't care what you grew up with. That is never okay. Also, it's like, I understand it's very one-sided because he recorded this. He didn't put out everything and all that. We're going to put a link below. (laughs) One of my favorite bloggers on the interwebs did a breakdown on this. And come to find out, this is not the first time he has done this, the son putting out this information. He has actually been very consistent in putting things out like this about his family. So this is not the first time that he has said that his father talks to him like this and has brought receipts. So for me, I'm really side-eyeing the situation not only because of my own history, and I can recognize tones, I can recognize when this is not the first time you have talked to your child like this. Mm. And this is not the first time he has heard you speak to him like this. And this is not the first time he has spoken to you like this. Mm. So yes, y'all both are wrong, but I have a real problem when adults that have been adults in the situation condone bad behavior just because it was normalized when you were growing up and that was my biggest issue with this it's like for me it's like this is a very sad situation and they really do need some familial healing because obviously kirk needs his own familial healing because let's not forget this is the same man that has had a porn addiction and was dogging his wife out from his addiction and cheating on her yes so for me, it's like, I, we're not gonna cancel Kirk Franklin because church folk don't give a fuck about what people do behind closed doors, even when it comes out to light. And I've lived that personally. So I, I, for this cancel culture in general, is just not for me, we can talk about that later, but I understand in the black church, there, nothing is gonna come of this. Yeah. And because it's the black church, this behavior has been okay because it's Kirk Franklin, but it's like, not even, let me just really just take that back. Let me just drag this really, let me just be real accurate. Any person with any status in any church can do whatever the fuck they want to do, whenever the fuck they want to do it, however the fuck they want to do it, and drag and dog whoever the fuck they want to do it, and we don't give a damn because guess what? They're a minister. Right. And, oh, and humans are imperfect. There's a difference between being imperfect and being human and having a moment where you slip up the tongue and you may yell at your child and you may come out of character. And, and, and there's and very different from you are cussing your child smooth out. Right, comfortably. Comfortably and have somebody else on the phone laughing. Can we can we write, rewind the tape back because someone was in the in the, on the phone when he was cussing his son out laughing? Wow! I'm just gonna we gonna end this conversation. We can have a we can have a a deeper in depth conversation about black church. Yeah, but the black church is so ingrained in trauma, and so ingrained in perpetuating trauma. One, not knowing that what you went through was trauma, and two, thinking because it was done to you, it is okay. And that's really confusing to me coming from a Black woman, because how many things were done to us, and it was okay? Right. To the the people doing it.
1: Think of how we even got to the point of the establishment of the Black church. Of the Black
0: church. It was from the white man. I was just having a conversation with my wife. She found a thread about all these little nuances in Black church that came from slavery. Uh, did you know the reason why we have to do this when we leave is because we have to alert the whites that we're not to run away? If no one can see this as we're on the podcast, I'm putting my finger in the air, and if you've ever been to Black church, you know what the fuck I'm putting my finger in the air for. Right! So... We need to have a very cleansing and come, come to white Jesus conversation about black church and, and the trauma we uphold and that we're comfortable with. Why? Because I don't care if you cancel this man or not. You cannot speak to your children that way. I don't care how mad you get. You are grown, grown. If you can't control your mouth when someone is getting bucked with you, you have no business leading anybody especially not on the path to righteousness you have no value to me but i understand that 99.99% of black church doesn't think that way not at all so i mean i get it but it's like i'm glad we have social media right because before when he was doing all this because he was posting things like when Twitter was not Twitter when Instagram was just like you remember when we were posting notes when notes was yellow yep yep he'd been posting since back then oh and not and not just and not just like just saying I feel out I feel like an outsider no posting receipts wow. posting receipts about his dad's bad behavior wow Oh, but like, what we what we do is it's like and, and like and I get it because it's social media things move fast yeah things move fast you got to get on it fast but it's like what, what which one which one is it do we care about mental health or do we care about upholding our black elite or do we care about the well-being of our children or do we think at some point you lose compassion because you're an adult Mm. we're very confused on these and one thing that, that i love about social media especially tiktok the community around us black children that are kind of like the outcasts because we don't follow the norm of the black family we have found each other and we are sharing and comparing notes yes. and we have decided collectively we are not putting up with this bullshit no more at all because this is some bull it happened to you it was some bullshit. Yeah. You did it to me because it happened to you. It was some bullshit. It happened right. to your daddy and your mama. It was some bullshit. You didn't make it. I don't care, care what year, what generation we're doing. It was always some bullshit. And we're calling bullshit. And y'all mad at us for calling bullshit because you had to endure it. Why didn't you call bullshit? Yeah. Be mad at yourself for being complacent in the system. Cause now we like no more. Cause not my children. No, 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 no. You're not going to be doing all of this around my children, talking in any old kind of way. Because let's, let's, let's actually talk about it. Bring it back to the conversations we've been having. If he can talk to his daddy like that, who do you think he got it from? Who you think
1: he got it
0: from? And if you think Kirk can do it, who do you think Kirk got it from? Y'all really need to talk about your generational curses and stop trying to pray it away and do the work to actually stop the shit in its tracks. I'm tired of it.
1: Because just as much as we talk about people trying to unlearn racism and unlearn homophobia, transphobia, you have to unlearn these generational curses. Generational curses aren't just not having money. Generational curses aren't just, well, I'm fat and my mama fat and my grandmama fat.
0: No, that's not where it's, it's mental. it's 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 just it's a mindset it's ingrained into our dna just because of so many generations of just trauma and i get that we're just now getting to a point where we can actually intellectually have these conversations but it's like even if we don't have the conversation you have got to start looking at your behavior and take accountability for what you do and your bad behavior towards other people
1: yeah
0: because i don't care how much church you attend how many activities you do for 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 the church, how many how many times you give your tithes? If you're gonna be out here screwing on your wife, if you're gonna be out here having side babies, if you're gonna be out here beating your kids, if you're gonna be out here beating your wife, if you're gonna be out here having kids by this man, that man, and the third man, and Hello. you're supposed to be married. Hello. Yes. Everyone has their vices and we all quote unquote sin if y'all want to believe that. But at some point, you're going to, need to take personal responsibility for your behavior and do the work to unlearn your behavior. And no, praying is not going to make that automatically happen. No. Prayer no. is void. Prayer is void without action. Right. And y'all like to rest on prayer and y'all doing a lot of inaction a lot
1: because we know faith that works is dead that's what that we know this
0: so y'all gotta do some work do better we'll have this conversation and we'll finish this later because i really do think we have like a part one two and three about black church because wow wow it will be a saga But you know what? Let's just get into it because you know what? Now I'll fuck yelling at white people. Yay! <laughs>
1: all right, guys. So we had some fun with the pre fun. We got pretty into it. So, a little bit. A little bit. A little so bit. We just wanted to have some discussions on variances, differences, similarities with the whites as a group in the Pacific Northwest versus the whites in the South, in the Pacific Northwest. And one thing that we had talked about was parenting.
0: So- <laughs> We're just gonna start with parenting,
1: <laughs> Sorry, <Yeah>. softball it. <laughs> we'll ease into this. So yes. parenting, I will say one big difference that I have noticed was southern mamas do not play at all? The black ah! they southern mamas do not play. Would you go up to the northwest? Oh, don't do that! Oh, don't touch wow. that! No! Oh no, we're not gonna do that! Oh! Oh, you did it! Oh no! Well, no hiking or granola for you this weekend. No, no, mm, no. Like, where did that even? <laughs> where did they learn that (laughs) how did they get on the oregon trail and end up
0: so (laughs) passive aggressive not the oregon trail i will say definitely down here like it used to bother me and i used to have intense negro disdain for just white kids that would just go into the store or in whatever area and do whatever it is that they want to do, and their parents just like, oh little Jimmy, get down. Jimmy, come on, let's go do something else. Very passive, very very I know where it comes from, but coming down here, I go to the grocery store, I don't see not one white kid acting a fool. I have I don't think I can I can recall a white kid doing something down here that they weren't supposed to be doing right and I I (laughs) remember when I was working in
1: retail and I was in I was in Seattle and it was like the mom had come in and the child was running amok when I tell you I don't have kids and it reminded me why I didn't want them for some time Because the way the child was pulling things off the rack, throwing them on the floor, running in circles, blocking the door, and she's just looking at the pamphlets and yeah, what about this and how about I'm like, ma'am, do you not see your kid over here? Hey mom, look. Hey mom, whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, 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 hey. I. This is what I did. I gave the little boy one look, and y'all know the look. Any black child, no knows the look that
0: that now you know
1: now you now don't play with me no no no. you you don't have to be you don't have to yell you don't have to do nothing but give him that look and when i tell you that little boy stood behind his mom and did not touch nothing not move
0: for the whole time his mom was there and she's like oh my god what did you do i said oh nothing i I just just directed him to what he was supposed to be doing how about that right
1: i was like do y'all not know
0: well I think it I think it comes from like okay the white folks always have the jump on us because you know they control everything so you know coming from my background of child care and child care in the east side okay and (laughs) my sociology um I think it really is them understanding that early childhood you know Path development can negatively or positively affect your child and you know yelling at your child all the time could be negatively detrimental you know Kirk Franklin we I digress we're talking about the white people today hold on okay Uh. but I think it's like they took it too far like yes you don't need to be overly corrective overly sense overly censoring the kids and Right. You know, you can talk to them in an affirmative language, but it's also you have to give them structure and give them rules. And so that was what I experienced as a teacher out in the world is that, first of all, I was, I was I'm a Black woman raised by Black women and Black men from the South. <laughs> we don't do that. I don't know who who told you to walk out the house acting like this, but we don't do this
1: at all. There's no. To- you
0: get you get you you get it together real quick, okay? So, I realized that a lot of white parents, in their quest to to parent differently than their parents di- parented, is to go to the opposite extreme. Mm. But it's like. When your child is three, that's when they learn consequences. And so for me as an educator and a child care provider, I wanted to, to, any student that I'm with, we ain't doing whatever it is that we want to do and just getting all rewarded. I take things away. If you're not acting how you're supposed to be acting, I give extra rewards when you're doing things over and beyond. I give you positive reinforcement. I give you redirections. Right, and so I had this one kid in my class when I was working with the elementary school students and he was a problem child. He was a Caucasian child, obviously. <laughs> I didn't really have problems with any of the other kids. One, because my presence and demeanor, you ain't gonna run me rampant. I'm the adult. <laughs> you're
1: not gonna stress me out.
0: <laughs> you ain't, right, you, you're, you're, you're in the second, third grade. You, ain't finna, you don't run anything in here. At all. But a lot of people let kids run them because they want the kids to have freedom. That's fine. There's, there's, there. We gotta put up. You know what is it? The bumpers. You can go go yeah. bowling or the, tri- the training wheels. Yeah. You know something, something to help you got along, right? Yeah. So his teacher was having a problem. His parents. He don't listen to his parents. Uh-uh. Like they were like his teacher. Like his regular classroom teacher was done. She didn't care whether he failed the grade or not. She was done playing with him. Oh, she was over it. Because he was a type to be very disruptive. He wants to get up and jump up and down and make a cause of scandal of class and talk to everybody. And he did that with, in, in my class. The difference is every time he did that, it was checked. And yeah. one of the things that really, that really threw me right. was his dad came in one day to pick them up. Usually their mom came and picked them up. And so he had a younger sister. The younger sister, she was so cute. I remember But she was the sweetest thing. She was just nothing like him. <laughs> and she just, she loved me. She, all the little kids love me, okay? All the white kids love me. I'm sorry if I gave your kid jungle fever, but I'm sorry, but they love me. <laughs> so, you know, she's getting her things. So the dad said, let's go. And he, she, he says, you know, go in the bathroom, get changed for, you know, we're going to soccer practice. He running up and down the hallway, playing with Whoa. toys. His dad's like, you know, hey, like, we need to go. And he's doing whatever. Because, you know, for me, it's like, when, when your parents get here, I'm off the clock. Oh, <laughs> <I'm checked laughs> you are no longer in my my care. Right. And so I'm letting him, I'm just sitting there looking at him and looking at his dad like, you're going to let him, you, excuse me? No, not he was like can I have a cupcake because it was someone's birthday and he was like no you can't have a cupcake he gonna disappear come back with a cupcake and (laughs) I'm sitting there like I'm staring in collective black disdain (laughs) and I said I said I said I I just I just I said called him by his name I said look at me he looked at me I didn't yell at him I said look at me I said your dad said it's time to get ready for soccer. Go put your uniform on so that you can go. And he went off and put his uniform on. Period. If dad came to me and says, I just want to thank you so much. Excuse me? Why are you coming over here thanking me for getting your child to do what a child's supposed to do? You ask them a simple request. It's a very simple ask and your child don't want to listen, why? It's because they don't have no boundaries and no structure. It's like they want their kids to have so much freedom. You have to teach them the rules before you can teach them how to properly and accurately have freedom. Because when you let them do whatever, what you're really doing is teaching them white privilege. Meaning you can be in any space that you want to and do whatever you want to and there's no repercussions.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: But around here, with, with, with this with this black woman no 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 no. you're not you're not gonna run me i don't care who you was running you're not gonna run me if it's time to do homework i don't care how many times to, that's the other thing parents sometimes don't want to have the patience with the child that's the thing it's the time it <laughs> to get them into the routine of doing right. because things. i had to redirect him more than everybody else But when I redirected him, he was redirected for the time he was redirected. Hello, And eventually he understood when it's time for homework, I complete my homework before I do other things. Yes. Before we get up from snack time, we clean up after ourselves. Right. But no one took the time with him like that. Not even his damn daddy and his mama. So what was they doing? If you wasn't doing- Letting him do whatever he wanted to do.
1: And, okay, because that raises a question to me. Like, you mentioned that having those situations perpetuates the, you know, existence of white privilege without those boundaries. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I saw a lot, and maybe that's just because of where we were in Washington. I saw a lot of transracial adoptions where white Mm -hmm. people would adopt black children. And for me, it never sat well with me.
0: And I just couldn't. I think I know why. <laughs> I
1: just, it never sat well with me, because one, it always gave the essence of white savior, like, oh, I'm saving this black child. Mm. That, was, that was one. And two was like I just never saw, you know, I I I've never been in a situation where I lacked, so I couldn't imagine a child growing up in a in the system, right? In foster care. Mm-hmm in in the it just i'm just like what can you teach this black child and their existence being genuine and pure as a black person in america and will it be authentic
0: mm-hmm. and, i will say how that ties into this is just like i don't think i've really seen in the south transracial adoption i haven't and i don't i know where it comes from but i don't know if it's a good or a bad thing so i was let it see whatever let it be what it's going to be where does it come but from I, <laughs> you think white football a little nigga kid in the house <laughs> <laughs> like, what? <laughs> what do you mean think- yeah at least some of them do i mean some of them do but i'm saying the general sentiment down here is like that's not really something that we do down here
1: yes and
0: like growing up on the west coast it's more progressive like I think I've seen more different types of interracial dating over there as well
1: yes yeah so
0: I think that kind of trickles down into the adoption where it's like the whole quote-unquote which is actually racist as fuck I don't see color hella racist so I think that sentiment carries over into I'm gonna adopt black kids I'm gonna adopt Asian kids which is fine I think the problem is is the fact that you don't get that you have white privilege and you don't get what it's like to not have white privilege. I don't care if you you disown your white privilege as we discussed before. It's like, yeah, you may have unlearned. Yeah, you may you know have realized that yes, me adopting this black kid is gonna be you know, white savior complex. I, I get that. But you're not gonna understand going back to the children The reason why black kids get treated differently and taught differently, the reason why a little white kid was able to do whatever he wants to do is because he never got those talks about when we go into this place, Mm -hmm. don't touch nothing, don't look at nobody, don't say nothing, don't you speak when spoken to. If you see a white person, you don't say anything. Right. They're not taught that. You're not having those talks. So if you're not ever taught like policing for survival, because some people are taught policing, like, you know, we can talk about, you know, body image in women and, you know, you know, gender roles and heteronormative behaviors and stuff like that, that affect, you know, non-racial dynamics. Right. But when it comes to the issue of race, it's like, you've never had to live life without white privilege. So even if you were poor, even if you were a woman, even if you're trans or you're gay, you do not understand the conditioning that we get since we are able to walk on our own in the store in anywhere.
1: Any space, exactly. So
0: it's like, yes, you're giving this child love. Yes, you're raising them to, to have these great qualities and to be this great person but you don't understand that that don't matter out in the world when they a teenager oh. and they got this dark skin and these big lips and this wide nose that right. had that all of that doesn't matter my law degree my law license doesn't not- mean shit in the world because when you see me you see a dark-skinned black woman and that's the first thing you see
1: and so right. to me i feel I, you know, and I, I can't imagine if the, I don't think there's studies on, you know, if there's any sort of psychological, mental, emotional, emotional toll it takes on Black Mm -hmm. children raised in white homes, but, you know, I know the talks that I had with my parents organically at dinner tables, in the car, going to school, that I just know I will most likely have with my children. Right. I understand that even with the process, they probably tell you, give you some YouTube videos, how to do the baby hair, you know, (laughs) very superficial things, but are you really giving them conversations of, like you mentioned, you go in the store and don't touch nothing, not because you can't have it, but because I don't want someone to think you're stealing. I want you to go and play with your friends, but don't pick a toy gun because i don't think someone wants you to think you're armed Mm -hmm. and that's not something that you know the karens and the kens are going to automatically think to tell their children because they think everyone is good and that we have i don't
0: see color it's my son it's my daughter it's they're different (laughs) okay (laughs) with that veil of
1: ignorance when that veil of ignorance can kill them they can be killed and it's not always law enforcement as we saw with Ahmaud Aubrey, that he was in his own neighborhood so let's just think that if it's if he was adopted by a white family again what difference would it have made because he doesn't mm-hmm. have that white family with him all the time
0: and so- I'll also say that like Oh, you were saying something? Go ahead. Sorry, no, no, no. 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 <laughs> that was your point. No, no, no. I was just going to say, <clears throat> some of the things that like white yeah. people explain away as like bullying mm-hmm.
1: or
0: difference in opinion right. or, oh, that's just must be what they got from their parents. Yeah. Some of the things that you would do that with with your black child is actually racism. Yes. And if you aren't going to pick up on that and you're going to tell your child, oh, it's just bullying, you'll get over bullying, but you get called a, a dark monkey nigger when, when you go to school every day. <laughs> that's a different psychological trauma than getting bullied on body weight, which I'm not going to, look, I'm a big black girl. Don't, 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 don't do me too hard. Right. But it's a difference than being bullied on something that is debatably changeable. Yes, versus being bullied for just existing.
1: And thinking of two, if we're connecting that, even you know the school to prison pipeline, things.
0: Oh, like, how your kid you're gonna be treated differently? Why,
1: why is your child always in detention? Why
0: is your child always pulling
1: a card? Mm, why is your child mm-hmm. always not getting to sit with their friends? during playtime, because oh yeah they were in trouble they were disruptive well right. this other girl kept trying to touch my hair and i didn't like it well that's just how she plays no no you don't get to touch my hair just because it looks differently than yours it has little beady beads leave my little bit alone no that, no you're not doing that to the other girls so and why? then to
0: compile that with like not only am i like being subjected to this anti-black racist rhetoric and bullying right but then i go home and there's no real empathy or compassion because nobody can relate no one thinks it's a problem right if, and if, then i might get gaslit because it's like if i'm peeping this as a black person and you tell me oh no it's not because you're black but it is but it is. Uh, uh, what do you uh, do
1: with that what does the child and again like you know I can't imagine what the child would go through if they had stayed in a system and were shuffled around without the love and support of a family, period. However, comma, we still have to realize that without that unlearning, and let's not even get to how difficult it is to go through adoption and as adoption as a black person let's do that too because those rules aren't fair those rules are not even playing fields
0: either look we look we need to start making a running list of all the things that are subtopics because right we can talk have a whole conversation about black bodies in the medical industry especially around birth and child care and child rearing and all of that because that's systemic, that's racial, that's legal, like it is a lot.
1: And just imagine those those families who are adopting, you know, and not even just black children, you know, Asian children, Latin ex children, like Middle Eastern children, if you know, whatever. And they're just not unlearning these things that are just so deeply ingrained into how we move about, you know, our world. Recently mm-hmm. I saw this spike in um, hate crimes to Asians because of the rhetoric spoken by our previous Chief Cheeto and people are blaming this on Asians and Chinese peoples. And we have to stop. But of course, unless you're conscious and, and maybe even hyper-conscious that it's linked to race. You're not going to think that it's really a problem, especially if it's not happening to you. And that's just not right. So when you have those families, I remember I was, in, I was in Seattle I went to a cafe and a woman sat next to me and we just started talking. And that's another thing. People just be talking to you when you just- <laughs> <laughs>
0: They actually acknowledge your existence
1: right I was just like oh hey girl you see me here okay oh hey I didn't
0: know you saw me (laughs) I'm here she just
1: felt I think it was after one of the incidences I'm so upset that we have to say a one of the incidences one of them because it happens so frequently but it was after one of the incidences and you know she was just like yeah I just you know I just hate this happens me and my um girlfriend not romantic but just homegirl were you know um talking about this and I really feel for her and I just can't imagine what she's going through I just don't know what to do and I'm thinking to myself surely there's a lot of things you can do as a white woman in (sighs) Washington if you're unsure you because uh, like the pat like the passive aggressiveness of the west coast whites versus the southern whites mind-blowing like the southern whites just won't give a fuck
0: oh yeah they just like i don't fuck with you so i ain't even gonna try I,
1: mean, <sighs> I already i already know what i'm gonna get but the ones in washington you're like are you racist or are you
0: racist you right know? like are you are you racist racist or are you die racist because yeah. i need to know yeah. but no i think that's a very big point to make because i feel like the form of racism that is in the northwest is tolerance Mm. and I know we like to to preach tolerance but I'm finna shake the table Mm -hmm. tolerance is unacceptable because tolerance means I allow you to be here when I don't really want you to be here
1: exactly
0: like you're you can breathe the same air as I want to I'm just not gonna like it or even acknowledge your existence as a human being Mm. like this whole like Tolerance bullshit. Like it was cool in the 60s, but like <laughs> okay. it was a step up. Yeah. 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 It yeah. was a step up, but we stepped up already. So the next step will be actual diversity and inclusion. Like, actually. Yeah. Not just like we got five white women and one black and one Asian. Ooh. That's not diversity and inclusion. But you know what? We can have a we can have a chat because the shit's real whack. Like you say you want to be diverse, but you don't want to be diverse. You want to include like little dots, little little polka dots, right? But okay, but are we including fat bodies? Oop. Are we including people with natural hairstyles or weaves? Are we including people with disabled bodies? Mm. Are we including people whose English whose English is not their first language? Are no. we including people that are geographically diverse? Because? And not just because it fills the quota for affirmative action for your institution.
1: Right. Are we actually utilizing the skills that they have in this organization to better the organization? Or do we just
0: want to check out? Right. Or even before that, are you actually looking at the abilities and capabilities objectively of your minority candidates? Or are you just trying to pick the one that's more palatable for you to look at? Because I feel like if you're actually going based off of actual talent, education, experience, bringing to the table, Your, your your company wouldn't look this white.
1: Not, not at all. Because honestly, truthfully, in my organization, you know, we just had our COO step down and he took a role outside the company. And I'm almost like, y'all could have left that out. I wouldn't have known because y'all going to replace him with another white man.
0: <laughs> y'all I got learned this man's name.
1: Right. I, I would have never known, I, you know, like if they really want to shake it up, let's see these people in these C-suites and executive roles, because it can't be that every single person in this organization as a minority, Black person, Asian person, Latinx, isn't qualified. That's, there's no, there's no possibility.
0: Right, especially because me, sidelining, because you know, I'm going through career changes, you know, which I found is very normal for coming out of, you know, law school as a baby lawyer. So, yeah. you know, we're finding our path. And it's like, we discussed this off camera a while ago, my resume. Right. My resume alone. I shouldn't need to interview for anything.
1: Let's talk about it.
0: <laughs> but I feel like every job I lose when I look at their company is my white man. And I'm like, y'all ain't tired of these white men. They're not. Y'all out. ain't tired yet. I think
1: a good point was I just um sat in a training on you know HR policies and things like that. And they had a step, you know, in the process of like diversity and inclusion that a lot of people don't talk about, and that's belonging. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we have diversity, which is different people. We have inclusion, which is adding people to the existing organization, but belonging is taking how they exist already, not trying to have them conform, but taking how they already exist and having them feel like how they exist within the organization authentically is
0: accepted and it's okay. And that's, Girl, that's too much to ask for these white people right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ah! It's too much to ask because we're not even at true diversity. We, can't, we haven't even gotten to diversity or inclusion yet. Girl, so at this point, at this point. It's still on the table. They're going to circle back. <laughs> we'll we'll put a put a pin in it we'll get back to it later (laughs) but no I think that was all the points because I'm just like I think people think when we look at especially because this 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 election cycle just passed and people like to think about states in red or blue because Mm -hmm. the stereotypes in mass are true I'm I'm sorry yeah but like the red is like racism like in your face blue racism white. we're gonna make you feel more comfortable about the racism we're gonna shove down your throat
1: exactly because we're not saying that these politicians just because they're
0: blue are not- oh hell no nah. fuck all them yeah, we- <laughs> we that. we're not subscribing to that look after this cycle if look i was sure at the previous cycle Hello? but this one has really said look if you are not A woman of color or a man of color. I don't care what side you are on. I'm side eyeing you until you give me a reason to not side eye you. And I think I remember I think I shared you this meme where it was just like, oh, we can go back to regular racism now. Uh (laughs) Or normally regularly scheduled racism. (laughs) (laughs) that 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 like
1: amplified racism that
0: was a lot okay that was we 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 had a flashback to 1958 girl and look i'll say this last point if that orange motherfucker didn't do nothing he sure did make y'all hobbits come out y'all caves come out and your hobbit holes with your racist flag on full blast we see you and we can't and like i said social media oh we don't forget y'all made a trip about what is it doing to our brains what we look if it ain't good for nothing it's good for receipts and receipts that don't disappear because Maybe. i know one thing when my kids look back on 2020 huh. it ain't gonna be a he say she say see, he say she say in a history book it's gonna be I'm on Twitter looking at the tweets.
1: Right. Because them, the ones that are getting posted, that's what I'm going to pull up. That's what I'm going to go back and reference. Like for the history book, we ain't Googling it. We're going back to Twitter, pull right. up the artifacts. You can't do that. You can't. And especially now that we have this influx of social media. Imagine mm-hmm. these history books, Ralph McGill in Texas writing these history books wrong, and my child coming home, like, yeah, they said,
0: 2020 wasn't bad, mom. What? Not the 2020 I lived through. They mean 2020 A- A.D.? A- or B C. Which, which, which one? Cause what what, what? Cause I mean I, su- I survived the plague. Okay. Okay, look. that I'm like all these plagues we don't live through that we knew about living through, they didn't say it was like this. Bruh. And now I get
1: why you don't see a lot of stuff about the Spanish flu in 1920. I wouldn't want to talk about that again either.
0: After But what? look, but look, now you don't got no excuse. This is all documented. You yeah. need to do some shit to make sure this don't happen again in the way it happened. Girl, if y'all had some sense, y'all would have did that after giving us our stimulus check. That should have been the first thing on the itinerary. How about we put some stop gaps in this so in 100 years, when we know for a fact, because how many hundreds of years are going to have passed with a, with, a, with a pandemic for y'all to understand this should happen every 120 we years? We're going to have a global pandemic. Because we're still humans. We still have flesh. Be- so how about we actually use our brains for something constructive? You know what? You know what? With this being said, we're going to we just going to get into the soul food. We need to deal, we need to go to the Love and Light Land. Right. Cuz we, we had turned to hurt up on um, free funk and turned up in the body. So <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: They're
0: going to be like, "Girl. Who who made y'all upset today?" Girl, the white people. Girl, look. Cuz I got 99 problems and they all white except for one. I'm just saying if i have a problem it probably stems from a white man even my generational trauma if y'all had not brought my family here over on a slave ship we wouldn't be in this position right now <laughs> I know, I
1: think We should definitely definitely love and light love
0: and light <laughs> all right y'all i took me a chill pill i'm okay now I'm let's here for you. end I'm here for you. <laughs> us with a little you know a bowl of gumbo to feed the soul yes a little jambalaya okay let's get it done oh. what you got for this soul food section
1: well girl i think it's good to know that uh we mentioned with familial traumas and traumas that go on um you know with dealing with the life that we live walking through it as black people so i just really wanted to know you know i mentioned you know healing previously and doing the work um but i think it's important to know that like we're not in this by ourselves like ask for help (laughs) you know you've told me this before sometimes i'll be listening but i'm gonna keep saying it until you
0: listen (laughs)
1: Right. You know, especially as Black people, I feel like we always like to think that we have to do everything ourselves to get it done. And that's not true. You know, we are as a group, as a community, as a unit, experiencing a lot of the same things. And you don't have to go through anything by yourself. If you need to reach out to somebody, do that. If you're not sure of something look it up, do your research, just don't feel like you have to go through these things by yourself because as we see, there's a lot of similarities in the experiences we've had growing up as black women, as black peoples, you know, as, you know, all the first that we've experienced. So just knowing that it's okay to ask for help, it doesn't make you any less of a person um, or woman or, you know, accomplished because you asked for help.
0: So yeah, that's what I got, what you got? Girl, in the vein of healing, that was my note. I put yell in here, but I yelled at y'all enough today. So I'll talk softly. I'll talk nicely to you. Heal, okay? That is my note for this. Heal, okay? It is not your fault if bad things have happened to you. People's behavior is not on you. You are not responsible for the behavior of others, Mm. right? but it is your responsibility to heal those things within you so you can be happy and fulfilled and to feel all of the feelings that life has and to do all of the things that you want to do in life without being restricted or held back by your past or your trauma. And just because you have been hurt, just because you have trauma doesn't mean that behaving badly to someone else is ever okay. Mm. so you need to heal within yourself so that you are not hurting other people because we all know hurt people hurt people people? but again your trauma your pain your hurt the injustices does not justify your bad behavior towards other people okay i like that love y'all stops for the girls
1: all right y'all thanks for coming with us joining us we didn't really laugh as much as normal we were kind of intense today (laughs) i yelled at everybody but it's okay sometimes we gotta shake the room okay Yeah, we gotta do that for y'all because it's not all kicks and giggles sometimes okay everything
0: ain't a kiki
1: thank you but thanks again guys if you're listening on youtube make sure to like comment subscribe hit the bell for notifications we appreciate it also go on our instagram and our facebook to follow us at sam lights in the south and join us next week we're here every thursday as we know what it is peace love all the above
0: bye